Good to see you guys today. Welcome to The Grove. Uh, my name is Eric Montoy. If you don't know me, Pastor The Grove, and we're thrilled that you're here. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome. Uh, we're in a series called The Holy Spirit, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about this series wrapping up today. And uh, I, hope, I hope it's a challenge some of you guys to maybe understand the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. And I, my, my hope is that this will empower us, inspire us to be everything that God wants us to be. If you're new to church, you haven't been in church for a long time or never been in church at all, um, really w- what we're talking about is the, the most practical part of God. This is the help that he's given. And as we read the story of Jesus, he tells his disciples, I'm going to send you a helper to help you on this journey. Because here's the truth. God has an amazing life for you. Right? He does. He has, he has the, the life you could dream of, he has a better life than that. Whatever you could think of, whatever you can imagine, the Bible says, even above that, God has better plans for that for you than that. And which is a pretty amazing thought. And I think that's where we always have to start, is, is if you don't know that God has amazing plans for your life, you have to start there. Um, if you do, then you have to change a little bit to, to ask the question, is what barriers are stopping you from living it then? Because uh, here's the truth. I understand that God has the most amazing life for me if I'll follow his ways. But the challenge a lot of times is I have barriers that keep me from that best life that he has. And honestly, really the challenge that I have the most is myself. It's my emotions, it's my pride, it's my, um, my personality a lot of times. It's me that gets in the way of, of the best that God has. Uh, sometimes, because the Bible talks about we have an enemy that wants to try to stop and sabotage, and, and, and the way Jesus says it is an enemy that wants to steal, kill, and destroy our relationships, our future, our lives. Uh, he's there, so we do have an enemy, and sometimes it's the enemy. But a lot of times it's just us, that we make decisions that affect us, that put up barriers and keep us from God's best. And so in your life, if you're not living out the best life that you could possibly have, there's a good chance that you put some barriers there. The Bible says the different barriers like are, uh, it could be sin, it could be unforgiveness, it could be uh, bitterness, it could be things that we jealousy, things we've hold on to that keep us tied to our past. And so my question as we go into this last part of the series is, what barriers are keeping you from living the best life that you could possibly live here on earth that God has for you? What barriers are those? What in your life is keeping you? Uh, so we see in the beginning of the Bible, right away off the bat, Adam and Eve, God has good plans for them and wants them to succeed. The enemy comes in and tries to put barriers between them and God by offering them something that God didn't want them to have. And in our lives, it's the same way. The enemy is going to try to bring barriers. Sometimes it's our own, like I said, it's our own decisions that we make that keep us from God's best. So as we go into it, what barriers are stopping you from living the best life? What barriers are keeping you from having a healthier marriage? What barriers are keeping you from being free from addictions? What barriers are keeping you from living out the, the dreams that you've always had in your life? What are those? And today, my hope is that we'll be able to really wrestle with some of that and say, here's some things that are keeping me from God's, God's best. Um, uh, one of my favorite quotes I found as getting ready for the series was Billy Graham said it like this about the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit is the source of power who meets our needs to escape from the miserable weakness that grips us. Because there's times in our lives, because we're human, um, we, we have weaknesses that keep us from God's best. We put barriers in the way. We allow emotions. We allow things, struggles that come in to keep us from God's. And really saying the Holy Spirit is God's answer to help us overcome those things that keep us from God's, God's best. Uh, the reason we're doing this series, because in Acts 19, we see a scripture where Paul goes and he's traveling and, and meeting different um, it's, it's 10 years into, 10 years or so into the story of the new church and he's meeting Christians, Christ followers who are, who are following Christ, but they didn't know there was more of God. And he says this, he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed to, to the people in Ephesus, uh, some disciples, some Christ followers? And they says, no, we not, did not even, he, we've not heard that there is the Holy Spirit. So they followed Christ, they gave Christ their life, they became Christians, uh, mo- most likely been water baptized at this point, but they didn't know there was more of God. And see, Jesus is saying there's more if you'll seek. And so, so Paul is asking this question. And so for us, we're addressing that because some in this room might be like these disciples in Ephesus who says, 
well, yeah, I'm following Christ, but I didn't even know the Holy Spirit, like his role, what, what, his, what the purpose is of how he helps us on this journey. And there's so much more that the Holy Spirit has for us. So just to review, uh, the last three weeks, um, we've talked about different aspects of God. So the first week, we talked about the person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. He's a person. He comes alongside us to help us on this journey. When you receive Christ, when you become a Christian, you, get, you receive the Holy Spirit. Like you, you have the help. You have his help there to help you on this journey. And we said a lot of times when something is happening to us on the outside, when we're feeling emotions, that God wants to do something inside of us. And it's the Holy Spirit that's going to point those things out to us on this journey because that's his job, like wind, like this wind that fills our sails, that helps give us direction in life, that gives us breath and gives us life to keep going. God wants to do something in us. So whenever we face something, God is saying, I want to accomplish something in you if you'll just be aware and don't just think it's just something else or, or something's going on, but there's something I want to do in your life. And in the second week, we talked about a word that's kind of confusing. It can be, can be confusing. We talked about the word Pentecost or Pentecostal. Because in our culture, that could mean something. It has nothing to do with makeup. It has nothing to do with the, the hair that you wear or the clothes that you wear. Because um, that's really what in some, some areas our culture takes that on is Pentecostal means a specific um, uh, attire or how you live out your life. And that, that could be far, farther from what the Bible talks about, first from the truth. Really, Pentecostal it comes from the, the idea of the Pentecost that happened 50 days after Easter, after Passover. Um, and Pentecost, all it means is, is 50 um, and, and it t- t- takes place 50 days after. And we talked about what that means and how really Pentecost it doesn't have anything about what we're wearing, but everything to do with saying there's more to God um, for us to help, to, for our help. And that's what it was about. So we said um, we want you to understand what, what it means, what Pentecost means, and even what Pentecostal. And don't let any hangups or anything you've maybe experienced or seen that keep you from everything God has. Because I think a lot of times people reject, they don't reject God and the Holy Spirit and the best that he has. They actually are just rejecting packaging and ways people have, have used those gifts, used those things that push people away. And we're saying, would you just be open? Because it's really, it's really about saying there's more of God. And then last week we talked about another word that can be confusing when it comes to, to when you talk about Christians and, and different uh, organizations. And the word is charismatic. Um, and that some people use that as a specific style of service. Um, in some cases, they, they use that word to talk about Christians that they think are a little crazy, right? Now, we said that's not what the word means. Charisma actually means the gift that God's given, a grace gift that God's given. And God gives to everybody, that follow, every Christian that begins to follow that journey, he gives us gifts so we can accomplish his purposes. And so today we're going to go into uh, one other other um, word. So we talk about Pentecost, Pentecostal, we talk about charismatic, charisma. Today we're going to talk about baptisms, um, and specifically baptism in the Holy Spirit and what that means. Um, and so we're going to finish up the series by talking about that, why it's important. So last week we talked about gifts. We said that God designs, God's design in me reveals his destiny for me. So if you've ever wondered, what's my purpose? His, his design inside of you is really an indication of what he created you for. Uh, the passions, the personality, the gifts he's given you. And it's our job to discover that so we can fulfill those purposes. In fact, we said, um, if you want to sum up your assignment as, a, as if you're a Christian and following Christ, um, it would be to use the things he's given you, the gifts he's given you, to, to accomplish his purposes on this earth. Because he has good things for you if you'll just be open to it. So he said, discover the gifts, develop the gifts God wants to give you, and then use those gifts that he's given you so you can make a difference in this world. So we're going to talk about baptisms, and specifically baptism of the Holy Spirit and what that means. Uh, when Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world and make disciples, he gave them this action plan to go and make a difference in this world. Um, but before he said go, he said, he said go, and then right after he says, but wait. Um, he tells his disciples, wait in Jerusalem until you receive the power that God's going to send you. So I've given you this big goal, this big objective, and this big mission to accomplish, 
But you're going to need some help. You're going to need some support. So wait in Jerusalem until you receive the Holy Spirit, until the Holy Spirit is poured out on you. And that's where we get, we talked about the second week, uh, the day of Pentecost, when 120 of, of Jesus' followers in the upper room, and they, they received the power that God promised them so they could be witnesses to the world. And we see the transformation in the lives of these disciples. You know, after Jesus' death, a lot of them were frightened and fearful, especially Peter, um, unwilling to even acknowledge that he was a, a Christ follower to even a teenage girl, a servant girl. Like, he was afraid. But then after the day of Pentecost, he was, in, he was filled with power and able to accomplish what God wants him to accomplish. In fact, I would say if you look at the scriptures, every single person that was used in a powerful way, they believed and trusted God for this gift, the Holy Spirit. And they were, they were um, immersed in his, his, his spirit so they can have the power to accomplish the purposes. Paul talks about it over and over and over. In fact, it's one of the things he's telling the Christians that, that were in Ephesus and in Corinthians. He's saying, you need this. You need to be empowered by God so you can accomplish things that are beyond, that, that's humanly possible. So you can do more with your life. In fact, the writer of Hebrews says it like this when it comes to baptism. He's saying, he's saying um, the, the writer saying, so let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go instead to become mature in our understanding. There's more. God doesn't want us to grow. God doesn't want us not to ever stop the process but keep moving forward. Surely we do not need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds and placing our faith in God. That's the first step. That's salvation. We're saying, all right, so we repent. We, we turn away from the, the, the evil deeds, the things that keep us from God's best, and we place our faith in God. That's, that's what it means to follow Christ is we're, we're, we're repenting from the past. We're moving into this new future. So he's asking us to, to, to go on, on this journey. He goes and says this. He says, you don't need further instruction about baptisms. And notice this plural there. There's, there's more than one baptisms. And we're going to talk about that, what that means. The laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward into further understanding. So the writer of Hebrews is saying, there's more to God. Don't get stuck and don't stop at just the basics. Don't stop at where you, where you started. There's more that God has for you. Don't let anything keep you from God's best because he has, he has good plans for your life. So let's talk about um, these three baptisms and what they mean, because um, this is what sometimes um, um, is important for us to understand. The first baptism is being baptized into the body of Christ. So Jesus talked about this, this, like, this spiritual uh, baptism was called being born again. This is one of the words they use, or a new start. Paul says that those that are in Christ are a new creation. So the first baptism is salvation. It's where we say, God, I, I accept you as Savior. I accept Christ's sacrifice on the cross on my behalf. We become a child of God. Essentially, our spirit is born into the kingdom of God. We become a child of God. Up to that point, our spirits are dead. And then we say, God, we need, your, we need you. So some of you in this room have taken that first step of salvation, saying, God, I put my faith in you. I repent, turn from my past. I'm going to follow your lead. At that point, you become a Christian. This is the first one he talks about. So he says in 1 Corinthians, Paul says, uh, twelve thirteen, for we are all baptized by one spirit into one body. And when he says body, he's talking about the, the, the church, the capital C church, the, the worldwide church. He's saying we were born in, by one spirit into one body. Like we, we became a follower of Christ. We became Christians at that point. That's the first baptism. In Galatians, he goes on and talks about this baptism. Um, he says this, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ. All of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Essentially saying you are becoming this new person. You're, you're, you're entering into this relationship with God where you're now beginning to reflect God's purposes for your life. Um, another way Paul says it is, is those that, are, that, that come to Christ are new creations. It's like a new start. It's like a new birth. It's, like, it's a new day for you when you become a Christian. Everything is, the past is forgotten. And God actually says he forgets when we, when we repent, when we come to him and ask for forgiveness. He, he moves us forward. 
So that's what Paul's saying in this. Is in Galatians saying is um, that we're baptized into Christ. That's the first baptism. It's a spiritual baptism. You can't see because uh, it takes place between you uh, and God. It's it's a personal decision you make. And then the second baptism. This one everybody gets because it's 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 physical. You can actually see it. And the second baptism is water baptism. In Acts two forty one, it says all those who accepted his message, the message of Jesus dying on the cross for forgiveness of sins, they accepted. It, they were baptized. And this is a water baptism we're talking about. We do this every, every other month or so in our church. And water baptism is a symbolic act of the first step. So it's the second step you take is following Christ. Uh, the first one's personal between you and God. The second one, you're going public with your faith. You're saying, I want everybody else to know that I made this decision. It, it's, it'd be like a, similar to a wedding ceremony. All right. So my wife and I got married 16 years ago. We had a wedding ceremony. Now, if we talk about marriage, and I would have said, you know what, I want to get married to you, but let's not tell anybody. Let's not do any ceremony just between us two. You know, it doesn't really matter. It's just us two. I think she'd be really uh, suspicious about my motives, right? Like, why won't you tell everybody else that we're getting married? Like, what's the big deal? That's kind of what baptism. We're going public with our with our uh, an inward decision we made. We're going public, and it's an outward display, an outward symbol of what's happening on the inside. And more than that, it's also this point where we're saying, so... During a wedding ceremony, you have the vows. You exchange these vows and these pledges. And then at, at one point, you exchange the ring, right? And, and uh, so I have, I have a, a ring tattooed on my finger because uh, I'm committed to this. I'm serious about it. And um, I broke some of, I lost my first ring, and I broke two of the rings. So we said, okay, instead of buying more rings, let's just get a tattoo. So, uh, it's, it's, but here's the thing. My, my wedding ring doesn't make me marry to sincerity. Doesn't, that, that's not what holds me to her. It's just a symbol of my decision right it's an inward decision i said i'm committed to you so i'm gonna it's a symbol saying hey ladies i'm taken this is taken right so my wife say hey he's got the ring on he's taken he's not available it's our way of saying we're not we're not we're not available i'm taking this declaration um a public declaration of a private decision that we made Uh, that that's the symbolism of of the ceremony and of the ring Water baptism is the same way. Water baptism is saying, I want everybody to know I made this decision to follow Christ, so I'm going to go public with my faith. And then the symbolism of it, which is awesome, is water baptism also saying, as I go into that, into that water, I'm, I'm declaring that my past is dead. I'm dead to that, to that sin. I'm no longer a slave. Now I'm going to be a free person. And it's a picture of Jesus dying on the cross, of him going uh, into the grave, right, and then raising again. And because of, because of the power that brought him back to life, we have that same power in us to bring us to life. And that's what it means to be a Christian. So water baptism, it's awesome because it's this huge um, event and symbol of your life of saying, I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am now a new person in Christ. And that's why baptism is so important that we take this step. It's a cutting away of saying, I'm leaving the past behind. I'm now going to the future. Um, imagine in my, in, my, in my ceremony, if I told sincerity, you know, um, I, I love you a lot. I'm going to get married. We're going to this whole decision. But, you know, I'm, I'm still going to, like, see women on the side. That's okay, right? Um, how do you think she would respond? She'd be like, what? <laughs> you're going to what? No, that's not how this works, Eric. Like, you're committed to me. You're not committed to me. And we're, we're saying these things in our commitments to God. We're saying we're leaving the past. We're committed to you. We're following your, your, your Lord, and I'm not. That's what, that's what being a Christ follower is. We're making this commitment. So that's water baptism. Um, another passage that talks about water baptism, Matthew 10, 32 to 33 says, whoever acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my father in heaven, but whoever disowns me before men, I will disown before my father in heaven. So God is saying, you, you have to go public with your faith at some point. Like you have to acknowledge that you're doing this. It's a, it's a public commitment. And that's what happens when we baptize. Something happens in us, but something we're declaring that something that already took place, but also something that's, that we're doing. We're cutting away 
the past. So that's the first two. The third baptism is we call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this is what Paul says about it. In Acts 8, 14 through 7, uh, remember Jesus says, wait, wait for the helper. God's going to send you the gift, the Holy Spirit. Um, go into the world, do these amazing things, but wait for the, the empowerment uh, so you can do these things. And Paul says this, when the apostles, or Acts says that when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed for, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So they're in Samaria. They meet some Christ followers. But at this point, they accepted Christ. They've been baptized, but they hadn't heard of the Holy Spirit. They haven't received the Holy Spirit in, in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he goes on and says, because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, they had simply been baptized, that's water baptism, uh, salvation, into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. So this is a, 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 another experience that God has for people that are following him. Um, if you're not a Christian and you're listening to this, this is God saying, I have special plans for your life, but you can only pull it off with my help. And I'm going to give you that help if you're open to it. I'm going to empower you and give you the ability to overcome these things. It's kind of like if you could imagine taking a drink of water from a glass. That'd be like salvation. You're taking this living water. You're starting this new journey. You're becoming a, a Christ follower. Well, baptism in the Holy Spirit is like taking that same glass instead of just drinking the water in it, plunging it into a river, right? So, so you, that's the glass. You're, you would be the glass, and the, the Holy Spirit, you get filled when you accept Christ. You receive the Holy Spirit, but baptism in the Holy Spirit is saying, I'm going to now take my life, and I'm going to immerse myself in everything that God has for me. So not just a little bit of water. It's like overwhelming, like I'm in the river, right? Does that make sense? That's what, that's what the baptism is. We're saying we want more of God. It's another experience. So these baptisms, they're all on a, a journey that God has for us. The first one is saying, God, I commit my life to you. The second one is saying, I'm going public with my faith. And the third one now is saying, God, I want everything you have so I can accomplish everything you want me to accomplish. I'm going to follow you in this lead, in, 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 in leading me so that I can accomplish all your purposes for my life. Uh, because God has work for us to do on this earth. But he doesn't want us confused. The first one, salvation, you can't confuse. That's a gift. You can't earn that. God gives that. And the second one, that's an act you do, water baptism in public. And the third one, you can't do anything to earn it. It's a gift that God gives and all the other gifts that God gives. And so uh, in 1 John 5, 7 through 8, here's where, where John talks about the three baptisms. And he uses the word called the word. That's what he called. That's another name he uses for Jesus, the word. Uh, he's living out the words that the Bible. He's like the, the, the Bible in flesh form, right? That's kind of the idea. And so he says this, there are three that bear witness in heaven. There's the Father, the Word, which is the Son of God. So you have God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So you have the three uh, parts of God, the, the, the Trinity, the Fa- God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And these, are, are, these three are one. And then there are three that bear witness on earth. And this three talks about the three baptisms, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree as one. So the blood would be the cross, the sacrifice on the cross. And that's the first step, salvation. Right? Then the second one is the water, water baptism, of us saying we're cutting away, we're, we're, we're demonstrating that we are new people, we're, we're uh, free to be everything God wants us to be. And then the third one is the spirit baptism, where we're empowered to be everything that God has us to be. And I would say if, if you're a Christ follower, if you never experienced this, you never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, this would be the way you say, God, I want everything you have for me. I want, I want what you have. So um, we're all on a spiritual journey, and we're all at different stages, all of us, myself included. And there's more that God always has. And if, we're, if I'm consistent in following him, I accomplish the things he wants. But sometimes, like I said in the beginning, I begin to put barriers up. I let emotions take over. I hold on to things I shouldn't hold on to. And those become barriers that keep me from, from what God has. And it's the Holy Spirit saying, hey, let's break those down. Let's keep moving forward. Don't stop where you're at. So I would say this. Paul's, Paul's challenge to us is be filled with the Spirit. 
Because the truth is, every single one of us at some point is longing for more. In fact, he says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. What's he saying? At some point in your life, you're going to look for something more. You're going to search for something to satisfy, to fill you up. You're going to be looking at, and some look to alcohol. Some look to other substances. Some look to different ways to try to numb or to to get more of life. He says, don't go to those things. In fact, go to God because he has more for you. So don't be drunk with wine. That's going to lead to drunkenness and other addictions and other things. But, But go to God who's going to fill you up so you can accomplish the things that he wants you to accomplish. So here's my story, all right? Um, I grew up in, a, in my parents became Christ followers the year I was born. And God radically delivered them from, from addictions and uh, from challenges in their, in their marriage and life. And just they, it, was, it was like a night and day. Like it was a 180. They turned around and went the other direction. And, and, and the, fam, the home was, was completely transformed and changed because of what Christ did in our family. Because they became Christ followers. And so I grew up in a, in a, in a home that went to church every single week. Um, here's the challenge if you're a second-generation Christian because your parents have been Christian. You meet the church really before you meet Jesus, and that could be good or bad. Um, if the church is pretty awesome, you, you, you meet it. But the challenge is you can kind of learn the systems, how to play the game, right? You know what to say. You know how to, how to smile. What to, and, and so you really don't have this encounter with Jesus first. You have this encounter with the church. And in some cases, that's really bad because some churches uh, cause a lot of pain. They're, they put all these rules, and you have to jump through hoops. And you have to go through all these things so that you can be okay with God, right? And it's about works. It's about climbing ladders. It's about building stuff. And, and they miss the whole point of, of gift of grace. Um, and, and that's what happens a lot of times in, in life is we want to we, we build and, and say it, it's up to us to accomplish these things. And so you, you get in this, um, this idea that you have to do these things to make God happy. Because you, you, you sense like there's a lot of work for the church to do. But, and, and the challenge is you actually miss out sometimes on, on this personal relationship with Jesus who's saying, no, this is a relationship first. And then once you, once you settle a relationship, we can do all the other things that I have for you. But I want you to do those things out of a right relationship, not out of duty. When you do it out of duty, it's just religion. And you're going to work your whole life, and you'll actually miss the best things of God because it's just work. It's not relationship. And God is saying, don't miss out on the most important. So for me... At a young age, I, made the, I, I realized that I was playing this game. In fact, my, my, my most challenging years were my, mid, my junior high years um, because I was, I was one person with my friends and I was another person at church or with my, my family. And, and I began to learn this game like I'll, I'll pretend I'm, I'm this way with these people and I know how to act this way, so I'm this way. And there was this, this internal battle within me like who really am I? Am I this person or am I this person? And, and the year before I went to high school, I was 14 years old, I, I, I saw that I, essentially God kind of gave me this picture of where these two roads were going to lead. And he says, it's, you're free to choose. It's, you have free choice. You have free will. You, you choose what you want. And I looked down the roads, and I realized, like, man, this road actually looks a lot funner. Like, there's some exciting things here. But I look really far down the road, I see a lot of broken relationships and a lot of pain and hurt. And this road, I really don't know what it's going to look like. But as I read the Bible, as I, as I listen to people who have gone this road, I think that's actually the better road. It actually seems harder but, and narrow. This one seems wide, but I think I'm going to go this way. And at age 14, I was at a summer camp. I essentially said, all right, God, I'm making a decision today. I am not going to be this person. I'm going to be this person. I dedicate everything to you. Um, and I had this encounter where I said, God, I want everything you have for me. So I, I gave my life to Christ. I had been water baptized, but I said, God, I want more of you. And God, he empowered me. What was so great is um, the, the things that God gives, they're not for specific people. They're not specific ages or genders um, or ethnicities. It's for everybody. It's available. 
So as, as a, young, a young teenager, God empowered me with his Holy Spirit. He gave me a prayer language uh, where I can, I can pray when I, when I don't know what to pray for. I can pray in tongues. I can pray in his language. Having language that God's saying, I want to help you to be able to pray. And what's amazing about prayer language that God gives, one of the gifts God gives of praying in tongues is he's saying, I'm going to help you pray the perfect prayer because we don't always know what to pray. And, and I get that in, in, in Christianity that sometimes there's churches that make it weird. And, and the, the gifts of God don't have to be weird. They're actually very practical and they're very helpful. They're, they're tools that God gives so that we can accomplish the purpose in his life. And looking back at my life, I'll say this. I would not be able to, to accomplish what I was able to accomplish in high school if it wasn't for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because I went to school that year, and instead of being embarrassed and ashamed to say, you know what, I'm, I'm different. You know, I'm going to follow Christ. Instead of being embarrassed the year before, I was bold. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm different. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to the parties. I'm not going to sleep around. And so uh, I lost a lot of friends, um, I, I guess because I was in the popular crowds. And that year, that changed. I was no longer in the popular crowd. I quit football. I played soccer. Um, I, just all these different changes that God was making in my life to help me be free. And I began to live differently. And those four, those four years, there were challenges. You know, there was rumors that were made up of me because I wouldn't uh, sleep around because I was different than those. And there was jokes made about me. And, and I was teased for my faith, things like that. But looking back... It was the best thing that ever happened because I, I'm, um, I don't have to live with regrets that a lot of my friends have to live with uh, because they didn't make that decision. Um, and now there's even people that I encounter that they said, I remember you in high school. You were different. Um, there's something different about you. And the truth is because I said, God, I'm going all in. Everything you have for me, I want. God, everything you want, I, I need your help doing this, though. And that same God who empowered me when I was 14 today is saying, I have more for you, Eric. Would you let me lead you on this journey? I want to use your life. I have more gifts than you can even imagine for you to be able to use to help make a difference in other people's lives. And as we look around at the Grove, we're going four years in. I look around, and I can say it's only because of God that we're seeing the impact we're making because we're saying we need your help, God, to help make us a difference. Like We can't change hearts, but you can. And so every single week, somebody will come into, our, into the theater, into the kids' ministry or, uh, or into our theater, and, and God begins to work in our hearts and the lives of people. And every single week, somebody's making that decision to say, I need something different in my life. Because it's the Holy Spirit that does that work. And we're saying, God, we need your help. We need to figure out what you want us to do so we can accomplish those things. And I'm so grateful that God, God did that in my life. In fact, one of the, one of the books that we give away, when you, when, you, when you pray at the end of our service and you say, I want to follow Christ, we actually give a couple of books. We give the Bible. Uh, we give a book called Ten Steps Towards Christ. If you haven't got one of these, I would encourage you to pick one up. So the first chapter is about salvation. What does that mean to accept that sacrifice on our behalf? Second chapter is about water baptism. What does it mean to go public with our faith? Well, the third chapter is about baptism in the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you to read it. The reason I like it so much is because Jimmy Evans didn't become a Christ follower. He was still in like early 20s. And so his explanation of, of the things of God are different than somebody who grew up in church. Because for him, it's like, this is crazy. And, and he, he'll call it crazy when, when he sees it. And, and there's this part, and um, let me see if I can find it. And there's other steps, you know, that's the third step. And there's Christian fellowship, these small groups, uh, fourth step, and he wants us to keep going on. But this is what he says um, about the journey with God. He says this, uh, this is page 28, you're reading, if you haven't read it, and I would encourage you to pick it up and read it, it's helpful. He says, I stated earlier when I got saved and water baptized, I was never told about the Holy Spirit. For the first several years of my Christian walk, I was devo- a devoted Christ follower trying to do my best to please God. However, I felt I just couldn't do it. 
I was constantly disappointed in my inability to do the do's and not do the don'ts. You guys with him there? You know, I just, sometimes it's hard to do all those things you want, and it's tough not to do those things I'm not supposed to do. I also struggled to, under, to understand the Bible and to pray. I disciplined myself to pray and read my Bible every day, but it felt like I could never break through or really connect with God at a level I desired. So he goes on this journey. It was, it was a battle. He's trying to follow Christ, but there's just he's lacking something. And he talks about his encounter with the Holy Spirit, being baptized in the Holy Spirit, and how it changed. And from then, it was a completely different um, change in his life. And he says, now I have the power to do the do's and not do the don'ts. I wasn't perfect, but I was changed. Just as Pentecost transformed Peter from the coward who denied Christ just weeks earlier in a, in a bold pro- pro- proclaimer of the gospel, so I was changed and could, not, could do things that were previously not possible for me. So it's possible in this journey with, with Christ. You're going to get to a place you're saying, there has to be more here. And in, in this book, um, Jimmy Evans, he's, he's explaining, there was something God had more for me, and I had to just trust him on this journey. And over and over, as I read stories of, of different pastors, different ministers who have been used in incredible ways, there was that moment in their life where they said, God, I'm trying my best, but I just need more. And God says, there is more. I'm going to give you more. One of the guys I get mentored by, he says that moment in his life when he realized he needed more of God, he said he, he prayed and said, Holy Spirit, I want everything you have for me. Do what you want. Give me the gifts you need me to have. Do everything you want. He says he was baptized with power, all right? And he said it almost felt like a man stood up inside of him. It's like something changed. It's like he was no longer embarrassed to be a to, to tell people he was a Christ follower. There's something different inside of him. And I think there's people in this room that you're needing that same thing I'm talking about. You're like, I need this. I, I need something to, to, to help me overcome these barriers that keep getting in the way. So here's some things that we can do, right? What, whether, whatever step whatever, on your journey, if you haven't given your life to Christ, take that first step. Give everything you have to Christ. Begin to follow him. If you've taken that first step, take the second step. Go public with your faith. Say, God, I want everybody to know that I'm following you. I want to die to the old, the past. I want to move forward in you. Maybe, maybe for some of us, it's starting a small group. You're now in that place where you need to start helping others experience God's best for our lives. Maybe it's your marriage. You need some help and support in your marriage. You're saying, God, I need, I need, I need power here. I need help to be able to, to do this parenting and, and work. Whatever it is, whatever those, maybe, maybe for some of us, it's doctrinal hangups. Like we've seen bad packaging. We've experienced bad things or uh, don't want some of the craziness that, that we sometimes attach to God. And that's not, that, that's not God's fault. God is saying, I have something practical for you. Let me lead you in this. It's a good thing for you. So here's, here's what you need to do. If you're going to receive everything God has for you, you first need to remove all barriers. You will only get to where God wants you to be if you remove the things that are in the way. That's pretty obvious, right? Like you're not going to get to where God has if you keep things in, in between you. Um, the Bible calls those things sin. Sometimes uh, it's not just sin that we are defiant, saying, God, we're going to do our own thing out of rebellion. But sometimes it's just holding on to things like bitterness or anger. We haven't forgiven, unforgiveness. Those can be barriers that keep us from God's best. And so we need to remove all those barriers so we can say, God, I want to get to where you want me to get. Help me to take these barriers out. And if you don't know what they, what they are, begin to pray. Begin to ask others around you, like, what's going on here? What's keeping me from God's best? And I, I promise, you read the Bible, you begin to seek God, he'll reveal those things to you. And, and, and he's saying, would you let go? Acts 2, 38 through 39 says it like this when it comes to removing barriers. Peter replied, he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So he's saying this is for everybody. Far off is us. He's talking about us. Like this gift is available to everybody. If you'll just, how he starts off by repent and be baptized. Change your heart, change your mind, change your direction. Begin to follow God and lead, and then be baptized, and then seek God for everything else. So remove all barriers. 
Number two, request the gift of the Holy Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen says, if you then, men, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father in heaven, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So notice how he compares the Holy Spirit to a gift that God gives. So God's going to give us good things. You don't be afraid of it. He's going to help you on this journey. He's going to give you what you need, the time you need it. If you'll just request everything God has, and I want the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to be empowered. Number three, receive him by faith. Hebrews eleven six says, those without, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So he's saying, you have to, you have to step out in faith. And here's the thing about God, just so you understand. Everything in God is a step of faith. Your, your, your journey into, into the kingdom, becoming a Christian, that's a step of faith. Um, every step along the way, he, he asks you to take these steps of faith. This is another one of those saying, will you trust me? Will you let me accomplish my purposes through you by letting me empower you, by letting me help you on this journey? Uh, the, the prophet Ezekiel, he talks about our journey kind of like this. I, I think it's a wonderful picture of, of what we're talking about. Uh, and the, the prophet Ezekiel, he's saying like this, as the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured out a thousand cubits, then led me through the water that was ankle deep. So he's in this river, and he starts his journey of, of, of a spiritual journey ankle deep. He's in the water. He's like, okay, this is kind of cool. Water is refreshing. It's nice. Just ankles. Some of us are on that journey. Some of us haven't stepped in the water yet. Some of us started the journey saying, all right, I'm ankle deep. Others, he says, he measured off um, another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Some of us have been water baptized. We've been moving on this journey. We're kind of, man, I'm in this. I'm slowly getting in, in, immersed in this culture of what it means to follow Christ. And in the next verse, he says, he measured off another thousand that led me through water that was up to my waist. Some of you, maybe today in, in, in the song service, you know, it's kind of like, whoa, this feels kind of good. Or singing, you start clapping. It's like, man, you're getting a little, you're getting a little deep there. You're, you're waist, waist, waist right there. All right, getting excited. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim. And there was life. It was teeming with life in this point, a river that no one could cross. And what is he saying? In this part of the journey was kind of like saying, I'm all in. Everything that I have, I'm given. Like, I, I'm, I'm no longer completely in, in control. I'm going to have to tread water here. I'm going to go in all, with, with all faith, but I'm immersed. And that's what God is saying. I want people, I'm going to accomplish my purpose to the people who are saying, I want everything you have for me. I'm all in. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go where the river takes me. I'm going I'm to let you lead me on this journey. And the fourth thing is this. You need to relate to him daily. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, it's a daily journey, a daily process where we're saying, all right, today, help me. Help me not to put barriers. Help me not to create more things in my life that keep me from your best. Relate, relate to him daily. Second Corinthians 13 says, The amazing grace of the Master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God, the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. What is he saying? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He wants a relationship with us. Let him lead. Let him have you, help you on this journey. And I'll end with this quote. Dave Summerall, a pastor, he says it like this. He says, Your relationship with Jesus determines how you spend eternity. So your relationship with Jesus, that determines your eternal destination, which is important. But your relationship with the Holy Spirit determines how you impact, impact humanity. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is going to make a difference in this world. And if you're like me, you want to make a difference. You want your life to count. You want to be able to help others when they need it. God is saying, I want to help you on that, that, that process. So here's our challenge for today. All right, challenge is this. There's more to God. This week, there's more. Wherever you are on that journey, God has more for you. So what do you need to do? Remove all barriers. Request the gift of the Holy Spirit, receive him by faith, and relate to him daily. Begin this journey, the process saying, God, all right, lead me on this journey. 
take me where you want me to go. And I want to be in that river where there's life, where it's teeming with life, where I'm accomplishing everything you want me to accomplish. And that's the beautiful journey that, 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 that Christ is inviting us on, that the Holy Spirit is inviting us on. When, when, he, when we become Christ's followers, it's not just, hey, say this prayer so you can go to heaven. Because, in fact, there's, there's more to it than that. It's saying, I want to use your life here on earth. It's not just about there. It's also about here and now. How can I use your life? But it starts there. So remove all barriers. So if that's you today, um, I'm going to give you an opportunity to start this journey. Some of you, you've never taken that first step of saying, I want to become um, a, a follower of Christ. And today I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. But some of you in this room, you've never taken other steps. And, you, and, and I, I sense and believe that you need to start taking those steps. You can't stay stuck. You won't grow. You'll actually go the opposite way. But if you continue to take steps, God will help you on the journey. So what are those, what's that next step for you? Remove the barriers. Ask God for help. Wherever you're at in your journey, say, God, whatever's next, I want more. How do you want to use my life this week? Imagine if everyone in this room this week would just say, God, I'm open to you. How do you want to use my life this week? It's Monday. How do you want me to use me today at work? How do you want me to use, use me at my fam- in my family, my home? How do you want to use me at school? What can I do here? See, in high school, um, there's people that, that said, I see something different in you. And um, those people that teased, now some of them actually come back and say, hey, what's different? Why is your life working? Um, some of my friends are no longer alive because of the choices they made. Some of them, they reach out because it's something different. And can I tell you, it's because I said, God, I want what you have for me. And today, some of you are on a path that, are le- that is leading to destruction, leading to death. And God is saying, get off that path. There's a better path for you. If you'll trust me, I will lead you where you need to go. Yeah, that's the popular one. Yeah, that's where everybody says you should go. But look far down the road. It's going to be a lonely, sad end if you, don't, if you stay on that. Trust me, God says, I'll lead you on a better way. Do me a favor. Close your uh, eyes and bow your heads today as we close our service off. If the team would come on up, get ready to close this last song, it would be great. If you're here today and um, as I speak about these steps, some of you have never taken that step. Or you've walked away from God and you need to come back to him today. Um, if that's you today, I would love to lead you in a prayer to start that. It's a personal decision between you and God. I'm not going to make you come to the front. It's right there in your seat. In fact, all I'm going to do is ask you to raise your hand so I can see it, but more importantly, that God can see it. And that as you say, God, I say yes to you, you would begin that journey with him. And so today, if, if you're here, would you let me know by just raising your hand saying, that's me? Say, I, I need to take that step. I need God in my life. Awesome. I see quite a few hands. I give my life today. For all you that raise your hand, would you pray this prayer with me? If you're a Christ follower in the room today, would you join us in praying so they're not praying alone? And say this with me today. Say, say, Father God, today I give you my life. Come into me. Make me a new person. I believe you, you sent your son Jesus to die on that cross for me. And today I give you my life. Help me. Forgive me my past. Forgive me my sins. Help me have a new start. Today I want to follow your lead. Today I want to go on this spiritual journey with you. Put my trust in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we celebrate all those that prayed that prayer today? So awesome.